Let's get ready to throw down. So what's up, everybody? This is the episode two of Live Lunch Break, and we're we got some people here in Zoom. Hopefully, if you're checking us out on Facebook, there's a bit of a delay, but we have Melissa, who is just off camera right here, who is going to be uh, speaking up and let, letting me know about any comments or anything else. So if you're tuning in, say hi in the comments. And we're talking about sales today. And very specifically, we're talking about that you might have to make some changes, right? Not just to like your sales process and everything else like this, but maybe the industry that you were in before is not really the best industry for you to be in on the other side of this. Right, Al? <laughs> yeah, um, sorry, uh, sipping on my beer. Uh, yeah, I brought up uh, before we started all this, the comment that some industries are just gonna get devastated, right? They're just gonna be flushed out and it, it's gonna be hard to come back as a, you know, a rep or even participating because just because of the lag. But that doesn't mean that you haven't developed a skill set that you can take down the road or down a different pathway. And when the house burns down or, you know, in my case, if you're facing financial ruin, and we're not this time, but I've, you know, I've been in business long enough to have that, you know, slap me right in the face. You, you have to pick a different pathway or take your skills uh, in a different direction. And it's going to be tough either way, but don't go down with a sinking ship if you're in an industry that's not going to fare very well after all of this is flushed out and we get back to the new norm. So what do you think is not going to be uh, as successful after this as what might have been successful before, if you have any thoughts on that. You know, I think different commodity markets are going to suffer or have a greater lag time. Um, you know, Clint, you may be in an industry where construction, you know, sees certain delays. I, I you know, I think that there's going to be a creep back to some level of normalcy. When people get sick, healthcare is always there. Right. I mean, we, we have a pretty secure position and we take up enough of the market space. So I, I continue to encourage people to go through drive throughs right? Because it just ruins their health and sit on the couch and watch <laughs> Netflix, right? Because no, 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 look at the dynamic and what's currently going on. And we see a certain population out there you know, walking and getting out into parks, but it's not near enough. Too many people, the shelter at home is going to hurt people's health, their mental health, their physical health. So we've, we've got some security in the fact that this lifestyle is really hard on people, right? But what's going to happen is if you're in restaurant sales, if you're in food sales, if you're, you know, those restaurant sales, if you sell into that, and I know some people who do, Cisco, places like that, that are in the, uh, in the business of delivering food to restaurants. We are a big consumer economy. We're not so much a production economy any longer. And restaurants are gonna be, uh, you know, it's, it's a little different, you know, avenue. I think that's gonna suffer and continue to suffer. Hmm. What do you think, Clint? Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, in, in my world, you're going to have um, a lot of the new construction uh, where people are just investing tons of money in condos and, you know, just 
new restaurants and new strip malls, I think that goes away and you start renovating because you're a little more cautious on what you're spending. And your guys' sales cycle, Clint, your guys' sales cycle, like, you know, we talked about this. So when you close a deal, no, like today, that, that deal is not going to launch for, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of the hardest things, you know, at least for what I do to, uh, to, to keep cash flow coming in just because you had a $40 million sales year or a $10 million sales year, you may not see any incoming cash flow for 12, 13 months. So what do you do in the gap, right? You got to have those quick turn jobs, those remodels, those um, tenant finish out type stuff where it's just constantly incoming revenue. They only, they may be peanuts in the big scheme of things, but they keep cash flow coming in, right? And, and now more than any time, that's been crucial, right? So as you, you know, downsizing your staff or, or you know, kind of doing more with less, you still got to keep that cash flow coming in. Absolutely. And then what so are you doing? Who's talking? Go ahead, John. What would you ask me? Or, you know, do you agree with this? Like, like, are there certain industries or verticals that you're thinking might be more lucrative or less lucrative on the other side of this? Well, apparently, uh, bowling, bowling alleys, so you know, I mean, it's just, it's such randomness. What they're saying is, um, okay to open and any, you know, so it, I think restaurants are the, most, if you're in a restaurant, I, I'm not going to a restaurant. And as far as the fast food, I discourage people. I used, I discourage people prior to this. So Al, I don't know why you shouldn't say that. That's terrible. <laughs> but I mean, people are always going to go to fast food. I mean, I think it's really hard to get people away from fast food. Look what they're doing. We're in the midst of this pandemic and people the lines at some of these places. I'm just laughing. I'm like, seriously? And I, personally don't see how that's any better than anything. Sorry, I'm saying that, but you know, I, I think that if you are in one of those industries that you see are not going to do well going forward, I think, I think we said that last week. I think it's really a good time to spread your wings, find out some other things you're interested in. You know, maybe you have a passion that you haven't explored and thought, you know, I could maybe do something with it. You have time right now. And I do, I completely concur with Al talking about people that are on unemployment. You know, they had that extra $600 they were getting. I mean, people are going to take advantage of that time. Good, do it. But don't do it by just being lazy. You know, again, I don't mean to be redundant. I said that last week, but you have to stay active, busy, thinking through what, how am I, what am I going to do in the future? Because there's going to be a future. So do something that's maybe better than what you were doing. You know, yeah. and, and to that point, there's people that are, you know, may have had a position that you wanted and they're sitting on the couch collecting that extra money and you go back to work and take that little bit of less pay Agreed. You're there when it fires back up. So you got to take advantage of that too. Yeah. And, and that's why I was about to chime in. We've all got to live in a different way. I think cash is king in your pocketbook and in your business. And that if you're not cutting the fat, out of your lifestyle, right? You know, extras are extras. They're not necessity. They're, they're, they're wants, not needs. You should be living on your needs, right? Not on your needs, needs, but your needs in the sense that save your leftovers, make lunch out of what you had dinner for last night. You know, we, we live in an incredibly wasteful society and we've had that luxury in the past 
but but not anymore. I mean, I watch every dime, and I'm and I'm better off than most. I'll say that I am better off than most, and yeah. I'm I'm and watching every dime. Yeah, quick. and to the to that point, well, go ahead. I was going to say we got a uh, question from the Facebook feed, and Nicole asks. Uh, she's in a service sales position. And so what's happening now is to get deals done, she's having the discount. So her question is, uh, how long do you let the discounts happen? When do you start to uh, increase pricing back to where to where it was before? When you don't have to anymore, right? So you might be, you might, Doc's so right on the point of cash is king, right? So you're trying to get cash flow to stay in your in your lane, in your business. So when the point comes and this all opens back up and you don't have to discount anymore, you need to make sure that you, that you do that, right? You need to go back to the mentality of, Hey, I'm here. I provide a service that you need and you buy from me because you like me and we have a good partnership. You got to get back to that mentality sooner as soon as possible in, in my mind, but, yeah. but you do have to keep cash coming in the door. Absolutely. And, and I think, I think that goes to a point of setting the expectation with, with the people that you're talking to, right? Uh, because this is uh, an unusual situation. We're not here. So you can stick to your guns and you can go die on those hills if you want to, but is that really serving you? Because as Clint just said, we've got I, to keep, you know, revenue I, coming in. I think, I think you pose it in like 30 day in, in intervals, right? For the next 30 days, here's what our pricing looks like for the next 30 days. And, and you don't skimp on service. You give more service for less money in 30-day increments if you can, if you have that kind of pricing capability for the next – because I, I see discounts all over, you know, when I'm looking at stuff, you know, 30% off, right? Well, in retail, you can pull that and take that off the table anytime you want, right? That, you know, that, that was a special. It's like when you go to the, the grocery store and you see the discounts. So every industry, depending on how you approach your discount capabilities, I say you put a time frame on it, but you give the same service and, and, and you get it done at this price. But next month, as things get better, pricing changes. I put, put that expectation out there. But also on the other side of that, if you're someone like Al or – come on, do not take advantage of people. I think that's like oh. really, really – you know, when Chris, I mean, I think it's so. I'm going to make a statement. If you even think about price gouging, there is a special place for you, and I hope you get there sooner rather than later. That is my yeah. That that's one of my biggest pet peeves. So one of the things, um, and I've done this right because sometimes people around my. Um, lead generation offer on LinkedIn, we will have sometimes people and they're like, hey, I'm not really sure if this is going to work. And I say, okay, right. And I'm willing to move on the pricing a little bit. So that way it makes sense. But there's always a conversation around awesome. What do we need to deliver in the first three months of working together? So that way I can come in and we can raise rates because there's, there's now trust. The results are there and it makes sense because I can't do it at this discounted price for forever. And I want to help everybody out. But I also want to make sure that you see value in this thing and that makes sense. So, Nicole, you know, having those kinds of conversations and, and whether that's a 30-day count as Al talked about it or whether it's around some kind of delivery milestone, right? Especially in a service-based business, I'm not really sure exactly what you do, but have that conversation, right? If, if we generate some leads for you now, if you're, if you're in lead generation or marketing, then 
you know, can we build a relationship? And then once this is over, and we know what the new norm is, revisit this conversation, figure out if this is successful, and we can talk about non-COVID rates. You know, or if it's not working, then we should just cut it off anyway. Because, you know, as, as a salesperson, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't wanting, should not be wanting to be on someone's books if you're not doing a good job. Like, that's, in my opinion, hugely important. And that goes all the way back to, like, your principles, right? If your principle is just to make money, no matter what, you're gonna have a you're gonna have a hard road. You'll, you'll probably be successful, but there's gonna be some struggles there. Whereas if you just start with that intention of like, if this is not a fit for any reason, just let me know. We'll talk about it because I want them to have the best solution possible. And now I think I do a good job at the things that I do, but it's not a fit for everybody. So I got to be able to say, awesome, right? Because when you when you can't do that, that's when you start chasing and hoping and creating mountains of more work for yourself. And you're a pain in the butt to your clients. From Hayden and James. Okay, so we have some comments from Facebook. Melissa's off camera, so she's going to chime these in. So we've got Hayden. What Hayden had to say? Whatever route you take, the key is to show them how you are saving them money or making them money right now, whether that be by discount or service providing. You need to be able to show and quantify how it's going to accomplish one of those two things. I agree. Did, did everybody hear that pretty well? Yeah. She, she's kind of off camera. And I think that um, you have to do even more of that, right? I was, I was listening to a guy the other day and he was talking about this fact that you got to make it easy, right? Especially if you're in like a service or consulting based business or something along these lines, like I have to make it really easy for people to buy from me for right now, because if I try to stick too hard to my guns or try to, you know, really, you know, pick a hill to go die on in my, in my conversation to get a disqualification, then that is just making my conversations harder. Right. So a lot of what I'm doing is cool. Here's, here's how we normally do it. What are your thoughts? Okay. I don't need that. Okay. Thanks for letting me know. What do you need? And then really pivoting it around like what they're specifically looking for. And I don't really know that that would work in Clint's business or Nanette and Al's because it's a little bit of a different deal because they're so relationship driven. Whereas, you know, I have relationships and people work with me for a long time, but it's built around like very one thing. Right. I mean, Al's, surgeons will buy from him on a continuous basis. So he, he's more focused on nurturing that relationship, staying top of mind and protecting that business. Whereas like I have to constantly be looking for new business, right? And some of that becomes recurring revenue in the form of lead gen or like ongoing, you know, uh, consultation and coaching, but there's always that need to go get more for me. So right now the goal is to make it as easy as possible, right? This is how we normally do it. If you don't see value in this, what does it need to look like? for it to be valuable to you. So um, what else do we have there in the comments? Uh, James said, roll the discount into future months fees. Oh, okay. What's up, James? That's a pretty good point, right? You know, as opposed, if, if you normally do like a, like a four month contract, you know, you could do six, right? So that way you're just kind of making sure that the contracted portion of it or the, the initial agreement, you know, it, it might be stretching you out a little bit longer, you know, than what you normally do, but you're going to get more revenue in those, you know, in those additional two months, if you normally do a four month contract on a service based thing or like a, like a six month contract, you know, so good. Yeah, so any- the, the only thing I'd say there is that, is that you have, you gotta be careful of trapping your customers with a price that they budget on. Right. So if they do business for six or seven months with you at a discounted rate, going into the next quarter or budgeting, um, meeting that they have, they're so used to your discounted rates that they will not set the proper budget up. So, so that's got to be a uh, you know the topic of discussion all the time. 
Yeah, you got to set that expectation way, way, way back in the day because what happens is when you don't, you end up hating that one client, right? Because, you know, if you have three clients that are paying you five grand a month and one client is paying you three grand a month, who do you answer the phone for? Not the guy who's yep. paying you three grand. So then you're deprioritizing them to work on the other clients and then you end up actually kind of resenting that person because it feels like they're always in your way. And that's on us, right? Like, like it's not the prospect or the client. It's the fact that we didn't set a good enough expectation to go out and have either deliverables or milestones or timeframes to have a discussion about like, Hey, pricing is changing, right? We're getting bigger. It's harder, more overhead, whatever kind of metric you're looking at along those things. I think I was got something. Yeah. Um, I've been through a couple of these before the 2002, the bubble 2008, you know, the, the banking crisis. And I can tell you that people, we're all going to have to live on less. It, it, you know, once you break pricing for any reason, good luck at getting it back. Yeah. You don't believe I, me, John. I don't actually. Okay. I, I, I think it's very situationally dependent, right? Because, because Wait. in your world now, I can totally see if you let, if you let uh, a, a person of materials, you know, give you a discount and they're going to want that discount all the time and they're kind of holding you, you know, hostage by that kind of relationship the wealth gap widens after every one of these events and yeah, i can tell I you agree. that paid payroll for 25 years the wealth gap widens people at the top take more and give less mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay um, we, we got some more on facebook what do you got this is from sir charles do you have an opinion about the health of the business community as a whole before these recent events in the sense that after this pandemic hit, you have businesses going under in a matter of weeks and solutions. That's a good point, right? Um, I think that what happens is, um, you know, we look at our grandparents and the people who went through the, uh, you know, the Great Depression, right? And you saw how frugal they were, you know, decades after that process was over. And then people who weren't involved with that don't, don't really see it as that big of a deal or it's never going to happen again. And so what happens is we, this kind of thing happens like once every 10 years, right? There's like the housing crisis, there's the, the, the tech bubble, and now, and now there's this. And it's, we just keep forgetting, right? And people yeah. who are new to business always think, oh, that's not gonna happen again, right? You know, Alice said that he's been through, through three, three of these things, right? And he's pretty cash conscious, con conscience, con I can't talk. So um, he's holding on to that cash and he's, he's setting him up for success. I'm gonna be honest, right? I was not expecting this to happen, right? I am not as set up for success as I would want to be in this kind of environment. And so, you know, I'm in a bit of a scramble. You know, Clint just took a new role in a brand new company. And, you know, and this goes way, way past everything else because I lived here in DFW in Fort Worth in 08, 09. And we didn't get really get hit that bad compared to other areas, right? So. If you're looking at the like 08 kind of mortgage crisis as like an indicator of how this is going to go, I think you're setting yourself up for failure. Yeah, there. You know, the other side of that too is it's it's a lot of the reason why I do I don't want to be in my own business. I don't want to own my own business. That's that's the scare constantly, right? Is that I have to worry about the the problems that you and Doc are having currently versus working for somebody else and making them the money. You know, th there, there's a lot to that mentality of I'd rather be here. Yeah, I, I don't get to call my own shots all the time, but I don't also have to worry as much about times like this. I don't have to stress about my, how my 
day-to-day goes, just just how the economy does. That's what I have to worry about is the economy, not necessarily my cash flow and my pocket to pay payroll, right? Yeah. So, you know, the 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 balance to that equation though, and not to go too far down the entrepreneurial route because I'm not I'm not the guy who tries to push everyone down that road, is that, you know, on the other side of that is you know, you could have been laid off at the beginning at the beginning of this thing. Oh, absolutely. That's a risk, but I think the risk is higher the other way, right? Of starting a new business. And then, you know, you, you basically have, like you even said it, John, you know, you, this happens once every 10 years, it seems like, but what if it happens twice in 10 years? That means you've got about three and a half, four years to get a business up and rolling and set yourself up for success for a long time. That's not easy to do in this, in, in today's world. Yeah. Hold on real quick. Let's check Facebook. Do we have any other questions? Um, Hayden commented on something earlier, I believe, about he tries to keep it real simple and target something that applies to every company, which is cash flow. Business sustainability, and in this case, survival, relies almost exclusively on this. So if you have a composition that increases their cash flow, you absolutely can onboard new business right now. I, yeah. Yeah. I think that that's a, a like a super solid point, honestly, Hayden, because I don't think that the value is is – Right, because a lot of my stuff is around saving people time, right? I'm going to generate leads for you. We're going to document a process that way you can run more through your CRM and through your, and through your sales process. That way you get more results and saving time at the same time. But a lot of people now are, well, I have time. I don't really know that I need this, right? Yeah. And so the value has got to be has got to shift to something else that they are that they're seeing value in, right? And this is an important point because it doesn't make any difference at all what we see value in, right? And when you're the sales guy who's showing up on their door spouting about your value and the things that you do that are super important, and you're doing that in kind of a vacuum, right? Without asking them like, hey, what do you see value in? You're setting yourself up for a lot of kind of slam doors and no's and everything else. So uh, for me specifically, I'm trying to figure out how I can reposition what I do around value. And, And that has shifted to, cool, let's get this, completely off of your plate and let's get you a commission only salesperson, but like, let's set them up for success, right? With the right tech, the right questions, the right process, the right frameworks and everything else like that. So that way you can make sure that they're bringing in the right deals, keeping the wrong ones away and, and looking at the right metrics because that, because that's what's providing value to these people right now. And then I also get to help people who've been laid off, which makes me feel good on both sides. Hey guys, I think you're going to, be experiencing a lot of anger about this situation as you go back into the market as you start to talk to your clients there's going to be this if you weren't with me before go f yourself right if you weren't (laughs) part of my solution i mean i'm telling you if you if you weren't if you're not if you didn't stay the course if you weren't always there if you're just showing back up to feed off of my business oh it's gonna. I'm gonna unleash some hell on you. I really yeah. am. Over, and, over and, delivered. And I'm gonna feel good about it. I'm gonna feel so good about it. <laughs> I'm so angry about a lot of things that have unfolded. But not only, you know, not only is that just a customer mentality, but that's also your employees that you let go too, right? Your oh, maybe yeah. you have great employees that you let go. They're not gonna stick with you through this when this bounces back. They're gonna go work for your competitor. So you got to be really we, careful we, about who, who, how you deal with that. We kept everybody. I didn't lay anybody off. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Not many people can do that. You know, there there was people that, you know, that we had to let go that, that absolutely performed every day. It was just, you know, it is what it is. And, and do I expect them to come, you know, begging back to, you know, sitting at the door ready on Monday to, to go to work? I doubt it. You know, I hope they do, but yeah. uh, yeah. realistically, no, it's a horrible is, situation. 
And that, there's my anger, guys. I mean, I, I see this from all the angles. I think I do. And I don't say that I kept people as, as a merit badge. We were fortunate enough to be able to because these are people that got me where I'm at. And, and it hurts on both sides of this equation to tell somebody, because I know people who laid their staff off. And you know what they said? These people, because we were reaching out, and these were our contacts through different clinics and different businesses we do business with, I got fired. Nobody said, hey, I'm on the sidelines right now. Here's where you need to go. And I had direct conversations with people, and they feel bitter about this, and rightfully so. I mean. Well, they're scared. I mean. You know, yeah, but they're also angry that the guy that let them go still lives in the big house, still eating well, right? Yeah. Like I said, there's where the wealth gap starts to show its face. And there's a, there's a really key nugget in there that Al said that, that maybe you didn't realize. If you only have one point of contact into one of your prospects, you need to be doubling down to make sure that you have some multiple contacts in with these prospects because people are getting laid off, right? So yep. if your person is laid off and, and that was your sole way in, you need to go find another one. Now, the other side of that is that most people stay within the same kind of realm area anyway. So they might be moving to someone else who could become a prospect, but you know, you can't, you can't invite that much churn, right? So get, go deeper. Don't, don't just necessarily go wider. And we have a question, I think. Uh, well, first I wanted to, Hayden has a great comment. Okay. Also, don't neglect the power of memory equity when talking to customers and new prospects. People will remember who was there for them when they needed it most. That's a good point, right? And that kind of goes back to, back to the discounting play, right? If you, especially if you're in marketing and lead gen and all these things, and that's where a lot of like my connections are, like, you might have to discount some of your rates, right? But when you do that, you're, you're building a relationship that if when you do it well and you set really good expectations around kind of, you know, re reevaluating that relationship, um, that's yeah. what's going to set you up for success. And the other side of that too is not, it doesn't always have to be discounted, maybe payment terms, right? Maybe you can discount payment terms, right? Mm -hmm. So you get your money back for the service you provide down the road. It's just not going to be today, right? Yep. So you, you, you might have a net 30 policy, or, you know, in 30 days, I'm getting paid on for what I bill. Maybe it's a 90-day cycle, right? So you push that out a little bit, get through the storm, and hopefully everybody bounces back and get paid. Because you'll be in the same situation in 90 days that you will be in 30 if, if this thing doesn't turn around. So Exactly. And we have some more people. Charles yeah, okay. asks, any ideas on what sorts of products or services that are going to have value or demand in the new environment? So Charles asks about yeah. products and services with demand in the new environment. Clint, you know, you I think I think I think a lot of manufacturing is going to make its way back here just because of the scare, right? So I was especially, about to mention that same thing. Yeah, yeah. So I I think a lot of your scares that everything it was finally found out that everything's manufactured overseas. You don't have access to it. You have to bargain with other foreign governments to get stuff. So yeah, you know. Now, now that sure. won't come back immediately, but it will start to filter back this direction because we've been too yeah. dependent on outside. We're a consumer country, not a manufacturing country anymore. Absolutely. But we have that capability. We have that ingenuity. They learned it from us. And I, say, and I don't say that with like trying to disparage one group versus another, right? There's been a ton of innovation in this country. And now I think you're going to see more of that coming back to home. We're not going to outsource as much. We're going to get people here back involved. And I challenge you to call your senators, call your congressmen. Let's get this administration to get busy with some policy 
that, that pushes that. And I'm a flaming liberal, and I want to see that. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it seems like with every controversy or dilemma, you know, it, like this virus, we've had in the past made in America, you know, big deal. And it kind of, when things get good, we kind of step away from that. Well, I think that's going to start big again. I think sure. people are like, to what Clint said, it matter, It does matter. It's, it's silly. Because, Go ahead. Well, we need to start paying a living wage, right? We need to take some of this top end money and put it down where it counts on the front line with people that are putting their hands in the dirt and on the equipment and, and slinging the hammer, right? And cutting the wood, okay? Let, let's stop this corporate greed, okay? Who in the hell runs a company, right? Uh, yeah, don't get me started. Right. Let's back up no. a little bit because I think, for uh, for me, I think that what what we're going to see is a lot more people who are more skeptical about putting all their faith in the company, right? So I think we're going to see a, a jump in like gig economy stuff, right? Freelancing, providing it services on the so side. Far. It only gets you so far. You it can't does. build a car with gig. You can't fly yeah. an airline. You can't build an airplane with gig, right? No, no offense, right? Yeah, there's a well, certain level of, you know, yeah, you're right, there's a cost of entry. For sure. Absolutely. But there are huge marketplaces that you can put yourself out there. Right now there's Fiverr, there's Upwork, oh. there's all of these things and everything else like yeah. that. And, you know, there are freelancers who are, you know, making really, really good money. But to that point, I think that we're going to see a lot of people who are dabbling on bald ends, right? I, I have the day job, but I'm also doing some marketing stuff on the side or some graphic design and stuff like that. So it's not meant to completely supplement, but it's going to be more about, okay, let's make sure that I, that if this happens again, I've got cash. And if I do get laid off, it's not going to be the end of the, the end of the world. And I, the other thing is that I think we're going to see a ton of companies who are going to be looking at rent after this as a in, differently, right? Because since everyone's been forced to work remotely, right? Especially like in tech and things yeah. like this, um, that, that big shiny office space that's costing you a ton in overhead no longer makes sense. So you're going to be allowing people to work more remotely, which is going to, then this is a C talking, obviously is going to put more pressure on having nice tight processes and shift into KPIs and not just results. And are you looking busy when you're here or are you actually being effective and impactful in some way? So, yeah. Yeah. Simplify. I was going to bring up a point. Laziness will be rewarded with failure. Okay. Pointing yourself in the right direction, getting off your ass and getting, doing the hustle, eating less, working more, multiple jobs, whatever it takes to get back where you need to be and then be frugal about it. Because if you want to, if it's chicken little and you're going to curl up in a corner, you're going to get what you put into it. Right. So guys, figure your world out and how it applies to the new norm and get after it. Yeah. Clint, what do you got? Yeah. I mean, you know, going back to, uh, you know, what we think will boom when this, when this all lifts, the other one I was, I'm interested in is the, um, you know, the vacation travel side of the world because you're stir crazy, right? I think you're going to see huge spike and a huge boom, you know, into the year where people are just, you know, they take the cash that they haven't been used to having. They finally get a little bit. I mean, when, when the, uh, when the checks came out for everybody to, you know, the, uh, yeah, whatever e-commerce went through the roof. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people were buying big screen TVs left and right. It was crazy. Right. Yeah. And nobody, and it was, it was crazy to me that nobody learned their lesson 
at that point, right? Yeah. I mean, you see I, I how you say, see how dumb those we are. are the lemons. Those are the lemons. There's the yes. disparity. Somebody scooping up their money that they should keep to feed their kids, yes. right? I mean, you got to figure so, probably fifty percent of that, all that money went straight to Walmart. You know what or, I mean? It's just Amazon. crazy. Yeah, or Amazon. Yeah, it's just crazy, right? So, but I, but I do think you're going to see, you know, the airlines bounce back pretty quickly if they survive. I disagree. Right? I disagree. I think it's really going to be such a long return, right? Because if if they came back in there and, and they said tomorrow, cool, everything's everything's good, everything's gone. I'm still not going to go hop on a plane immediately, right? Like I'm going to, you know, I don't want to be. But in a the lot air, of people or, will. I know, right? But I think that. No, I disagree. I don't think they will. I think that I really? think that the that the e-commerce lift in the like through like Amazon and, and Walmart and all it makes sense, right? Because like everybody got this money and it wasn't really tied to anything else. And sure, when all of this lifts, there's gonna be a lot of people who are stir crazy and they've got the the travel list. But there's gonna be as many people who are still hesitant about hopping on a plane with you know recycled air and you know a bunch of people they don't know. Okay, I so think, I think people forget too easy. But but one okay but here on the flip side of that coin, how long does it take for something to be a habit? We've been in this thirty day lockdown, and people are exactly. So in in a matter of time, I'm not I'm not jonesing to go out to eat. I don't need that bottle of wine. I don't need somebody else cooking my food. I'm doing that for myself, and I've figured out a way to enjoy it. I'm taking walks. I'm looking forward to when campgrounds open up. I want to drive places instead of fly places. I want to avoid big crowds. Sporting events yeah. don't matter anymore. I'll watch it on well, TV. But you know as well as anybody, Doc, the other side of that equation is is that it's not available. Uh, of course I'm not going to eat the chocolate cake if it's not in front of me. You know what I mean? And True. But I, I still think that I look at it again from, from a cash flow standpoint. The money that's in my pocket that would have left over the last six weeks is impacting me. I mean, it truly is. <laughs> I mean, and you guys have been to dinner with me. I mean, you see how when money, you know, I, that, I look back and wish a lot of those dinners had been at McDonald's, right? You know, that if, you, we, you know. Yeah. If, if you were watching this and you have not had an Al Daniel dinner, you have no idea what you're missing. It's, it's, a, it's a sight to well, build. You'll have to come to the house because we're cooking <laughs> our asses off. You know, we're still drinking, we're still, but we're doing it at a more economical level. So my palate still feels good. I'm just choosing to do it in a more economical way. So, so to that point, I would like to say, and this is not about sales. This is about being logical, learning from life. And, you know, I, I'm being careful with my paper towels. You know, I used to like paper towel everything, clean, clean, clean. And now I'm like, get one, fix it through and going out to eat. I mean, I just beg anyone that's watching this to please take your let the takeaway from this be that you're improving life. Look at make the air is cleaner, the water's clearer. You know, look at and making this an improving time instead of oh my gosh, doom and gloom. This is terrible. This is happening. Improving. I I just beg everyone to find a way to improve your life, society. You know, go out and help people if you have time. But again, it's so silly. It terrifies me to think that there are people sitting at home when there are people that need help and you could be helping, you know? Four but, squares of toilet paper, baby. Four squares of toilet paper. You don't need any more. We got a comment. Um, several. Oh, several. Paul said it makes you realize what's actually essential. Which Paul? Paul Rogers. Oh, producer Paul. He, he didn't... 
I apologize, I didn't hear. He said that uh, it, it makes you focus on what's matter on, on what matters. Right? Exactly. Yeah, what's actually essential, excuse me. Exactly. Hayden very much needs an Al Daniel lunch again. Yeah, Hayden, Hayden's asking for another, yeah. Hayden, Hayden we'll, is- We'll do it, we'll do it. Absolutely. Oh, I hope we can do it here. I would love to have everyone over. Uh, we can just grub hub to everybody's separate houses and we'll just like hop on a zoom and we'll just get like, you know, Al Daniel with it. <laughs> hey, Al, Al, Al will take Hayden out for lunch after he gets about six back surgeries. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, they've already started back up. We've loosened. We got our first surgery scheduled on Monday. We've got two of them. So, really? but you know, the trick, the trickle's coming back. They've lifted the band. So um, yeah, we've got product going out that direction. So like I said, we, you know, people still have health concerns that have to be addressed. And when pain is part of that motivating factor, people, do, you know, they'll, they'll risk a lot to get that pain to go away. So. Awesome. That kind of feels like a good place to wrap it up. I, I would say, right. Yeah. Because I like it. We got to do more volume. So we got to be able to, Oh, hold on. I'm getting flagged. I didn't have a good point. He said also this time should highlight the importance of taking care of yourself and staying strong and healthy. Agreed, right? I mean, well, there's that, but you know, the, the, the thing is, is that, is that the days are blurring, right? And so most of our routines are tied to something outside of the house, right? So your day starts when you get in the car and you put on the podcast and that's putting you in the mindset to go be productive at work and everything else. And now you're just home. So all these anchors are gone. So you have to recreate your routines and your processes and take care of yourself, right? Like I'm not doing a great job personally, right? And uh, Melissa is off camera gla glaring at me because it's true. I'm working way too many hours and not taking enough time to like work on the other things that I know are, are important, but you know, you got to do what you have to do at the same time. Yeah, or, or, or don't let everybody else pass you by that did it. That's, that's your two options, right? Yeah, that's true. Right. Yeah. Anything else on Facebook? Awesome. Cool. Well, one thing? Of course. Okay, so um, I really, I love this. Henry Ford said this. There are two kinds of people. There are, the, there are those that think they can, and there are those that think they can't, and they're both right. And I love that. Attitude is everything you've got to think positive. There is positive in this. Find it. Think Clint, positive. Is, Clint is not like that. You got the Henry Ford's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So... There we go. If if you're in the if you're here on the Zoom, thank you so much. We appreciate it. If you're watching on Facebook, thanks so much for tuning in. If you know someone else in sales, please share this with them. We're going to be here every Friday at the same time, taking your questions, talking about things that we're doing. Uh, I meant to talk about this today, but next week I'm going to talk about a sales call that I botched so magnificently. It's going to be it's going to be epic. So you guys will all love it and these guys will all flame me so it's going to be great so tune in next week we'll talk about that follow us on social media if you want to take the assessment email disc at sales we'll get it over to you there's another assessment that we have access to it's about leadership in crisis and that's absolutely free so if you want to take that message us and dms get a get a hold of us somehow there's some good information on that thanks everybody for coming out we appreciate it stay safe be well cheers Bye. Peace out.